Destination Detour, the poetry podcast where we get lost on purpose. Today we're going to do a classics corner. And we're going to be talking about John Keats. I'm J.M. Romick. This is Sean King. I'm, I'm Sean. I'm Sean, the co-host. It uh, was pretty awesome. Probably redo that. <laughs> want to do that again? Yeah. Fuck it. Keep it. Keep it. Whatever. Yeah, it's awesome. Let's keep going. Let's just keep going. Right. Two, do you want to do you want to pick a poem first or do you want me to first? Uh, you can go first. All right, like uh, okay. It was, we just started talking about Keats the other day, and I actually did not know much bio biographical information on him. And uh, I learned that he you know, died when he was twenty six. So uh, that's yeah. when I almost as well. I was twenty six years old. So then, like, I started thinking about it, and I found a poem that sort of speaks to. You were twenty six year old when what? I almost when I almost died. Oh yeah. Like when I was in the hospital. I was in the hospital for like three months, and I was in a nursing home and shit. Yeah, so, I knew all that, but you know, like, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not actually talking to you. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all right, yeah. So I had that in common with him, where I almost died when I was that same age. So I found it interesting. I found this, this poem he has called "When I Have Fears That I May Cease to Be." Oh, right. All right. When I have fears that I may cease to be, before my pen has gleaned my teeming brain, before high-piled books and caricature hold like rich garners the full ripened grain. And I behold upon the night's starred face huge cloudy symbols of a high romance, and feel that I may never live to trace their shadows with the magic hand of chance. And when I feel, fair creature of an hour, that I shall never look upon thee more, never have relished in the fairy power of unreflecting love, then on the shore of the wide world I stand alone and think, till love and fame to nothingness do sink. Mm. I really, I just, especially knowing that I had that sort of thing in common uh, with him in that weird kind of way that made me think uh, at that young of an age to write something that like he just had a grasp of things that I probably still don't have a grasp of and I'm much older than he was when he wrote that <laughs> yeah holy just shit speak. yeah like he just Keith's work always like permeates with this like knowledge of mortality it's kind of what makes him one of the best poets Then on the shore of the world I stand alone. Of the wide world I mm. stand alone. I really like that. And then you and think. Like, mm. what was the what was famous line like? Did, was it Nietzsche, I think? Maybe you said, like, stare not into the abyss, lest the abyss stare back into you, or something Ooh, like that. Yeah, I think that's Nietzsche. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I could look it up. Uh, it's <laughs> the internet. You might get, like, uh, Bob Dylan or some shit. <laughs> oh, Bob Dylan! Have you ever heard Have you ever heard Elliot Smith's series of Bob Dylan poems? They're actually really good. <laughs> I should get him to come on. He's really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Elliot Smith is fucking awesome. I should see if I can get him to come on. Yeah. He's kind of like he's kind of a recluse. He's hard to get a hold of. But if he could, if he would come on, that would be amazing. Oh, here's a bunch of poems he wrote to people. On death. Oh, nice. Can death be sleep when life is but a dream? And scenes of bliss pass a phantom by. The transient pleasures as a vision seem. And yet we think the greatest pain is to die. How strange it is that man on earth should roam. And lead, uh, and lead a life of woe. But not forsake his rugged path. Nor dare he view alone his future doom. Which is but to wake. 
Wow. It's like, man, don't look at death as, uh, can death be sleep and not pain? Yeah, like it, it's like, yeah, the pain is waking back up. That's, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you know what, do you know what killed him? Like, what, what, what was causing his constant, uh... Uh, I read somewhere that it was tuberculosis, but I feel like I'm wrong. Let's see if I can find some biographical information. It's been a long time since I've been, like, immersed in Keats, because... Well, his, his mother died of tuberculosis when he was 14. Yeah. Um... Uh, I look at the back, like, this is a thing full of Keats poems, right? I open yeah. the back flap, and it tells me about the editor. <laughs> Doesn't tell me about fucking Keats at all. Oh, no, he yeah, he died uh, of tuberculosis that's, also. That's what I thought, yeah. Because tuberculosis, everybody fucking in the past died from tuberculosis. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty hardcore. It, it killed a bunch of people. Well, this he said this right on his deathbed. He's talking to his his the person next to him. Severn, lift me up. I am dying. I shall die easy. Don't be frightened. Be firm and thank God that it has come. Damn. <laughs> and then the guy says, "I lift him up in my arms." The phlegm seemed boiling in his throat and increased until eleven, when he gradually sank into death. So quiet that I still thought he slept. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Holy be that much of a that would be that much of a badass when you're dying. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. <laughs> Fuck, man. Keats is hardcore. Yeah, like I have a poem about the moment when I thought I might be dying, and it's not, it's like, just him talking was better than the poem I wrote, so. <laughs> well, I mean, Although, it's fucking Keats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't feel bad about being not as good as John Keats, I suppose, so. <laughs> oh, I'm going to try to find something else to can jump in here. That should be like my, you know, how uh, Tolstoy had like that, he would always just anguish over the fact that he couldn't write as good of characters as Shakespeare. Yeah. So like, I should just start anguishing that all my death poems aren't as good as John Keats's until it just causes me to die. <laughs> I'm not as good as John Keats. Oh, oh God. Sepulchre, yes. Suicide Squad attack. <laughs> oh my god, I was watching something the other day and like these people that were playing Cards Against Humanity, they came across a card that said Seppuku. They could they didn't know what the fuck that was. Like all four <laughs> people playing the game did not know what Seppuku was. I learned what I learned one thing from that game so far, playing Cards Against Humanity. What? I did not know I did not know what Smegma was when I first started oh. playing. <laughs> oh, you were lucky. And unfortunate now. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. It was Let me try to find one of his more famous pieces. Okay. I will also see what I got always fun to talk about. Um, you want to do Grecian Urn or Nightingale? We can do, we'll do Nightingale. I have that in front of me. Alright, cool. Read it away. Okay, cool. Since it's right in front uh, of me. I'd have yes. to actually search through it. How far down does it go? Okay, got it. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> my heart aches, and a drowsy numbness pains my sense. As though of hemlock I had drunk, or emptied some dull opiate to the drains. One minute passed, and the leth wards had sunk. Tis not through envy of thy happy lot, but being too happy in thine happiness, that thou light-winged dryad of the trees, 
in some melodious plot of beech and green and shadows numberless, singest of summer in full-throated ease. Oh, for draught of vintage that hath been cooled a long age in the deep delved earth, tasting of flora and the country green, dance and provincial song and sunburnt mirth. Oh, for a beaker full of the warm south, full of the true, the blushful hip hypocrine, with blended bubbles winking at the brim, and purple stained mouth that I might drink and leave the world unseen, and with thee fade away into the dim forest, fade far away, dissolve and quite forget, what thou among the leaves hast never known, the weariness, the fever, and the fret, here where men sit and hear each other groan, where palsy shakes a few, sad last gray hairs, where youth grows pale, and spectre thin and dies, but to think that this but to think is to be full of sorrow and leaden-eyed despairs, where beauty cannot keep her lustrous eyes, or now, or new love pine at them beyond them tomorrow. Away, away, for I will fly to thee, not charioted by Bacchus and his words, but on the viewless wings of poesy, through the dull brain perplexes and retards, or though, though, sorry, though the dull brain perplexes and retards, already with thee, tender in the night, and haply the, the queen moon is on her throne, Clustered around her, crested around by all her starry fays, but here there is no light, save from heaven is with the breezes blown, through virtuous blue, virtuous glooms and winding mossy ways. I cannot see what flowers are at my feet, nor what soft incense hangs upon the boughs, but in embalmed darkness guess each sweet, wherewith the seasonable month endows the grass, the thicket, and the fr fruit tree wild white hawthorn and the pastoral eglantine, fast-fading violets covered up in leaves, and mid-May's eldest child, the coming muskrows full of dewy wine, the murmurous haunt of flies on summer eves. Darkling I listen, and for many a time I have been in half-love with easeful death, called him soft names in many amused rhyme, mm. to take into the air of my quiet breath, now more than ever seems it rich to die, to ease, or to cease upon the midnight with no pain, while thou art pouring forth thy soul abroad in such ecstasy, in such an ecstasy, still wouldst thou sing, and I have ears in vain, to thy high requiem become a sod. Hmm. Thou wast not born for death, immortal bird, no hungry generations tread thee down. The voice I hear this passing night was heard in ancient days by emperors and clown, perhaps the self-same song that found a path through the sad heart of Ruth, when sick for home, she stood in tears amid the alien corn, the same that oft-times hath charmed magic casements, opening on the foam of perilous seas and fairy lands forlorn. Forlorn, the very word is like a bell, to toll me back from thee to my soul self. Adieu, the fancy cannot cheat so well, and she is famed to do, deceiving elf. Adieu, adieu, thy plaintive anthem fades, past the near meadows, over the still stream, up the hillside, now tis buried deep in the, in the next valley glades. Was it a vision or a waking dream? Fled is that music. Do I wake or sleep? Hmm. I like the trajectory that poem always like, takes. It's something we talked about um, a while back, too. Um, the way this... Uh, the, the, the trajectory of the poem takes is this guy, and he's listening to this... To, to this nightingale outside of where this little bar he's hanging out with drinking wine and he gets so lost in like the thought of following this bird 
where it might go and all this craziness and all these thoughts about death and everything. And then at the end, he's sort of brought back to reality. And the bird's not there. The bird hasn't been there for however long, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Got lost in his own thoughts, thinking about mortality and death and flying with this bird wherever it might be. I always liked that poem. It's really good. I was going to find the one line I really liked. Well, where to go? See if I can find it here. Oh, he said, "Where beauty cannot keep her lustrous eyes, mm. or new love pine at them beyond." And this is, it says tomorrow, but it has a. Uh, it's like hyphenated between the two and the morrow. Like he's talking about bone marrow. It's awesome. Mm. Tomorrow, like it's so good. Like it's one of those things you can't catch when you're, you know, if you listen to it. Yeah. Like so, he, he's really, really good. Obviously. Hey, news alert, everyone. John Keats knows how to lineate. Yeah, right. <laughs> like anyone... Oh. Where the hell are you? I can't find any of the odes in here. I, I found that online it's like the Oxford Book of English Verse. It just has, like, all of his poems right. numbered Ode in a row. Ode on Melancholy. Ode on Grecian Urn. No Nightingale, where are you? Why the fuck aren't you here? It flew away. It flew away. The Nightingale flew away. It's not in my book. <laughs> it's gotta be in here, though. It's like the complete Keats. Yeah, it's also like the poem. If you were to ask like 100 people, like 52 of them would probably be, like, probably be the poem they would say. Yeah. The other 48 would be like, I don't know who he is. Because I'm dumb. <laughs> It's gotta be in here somewhere. There's an ode to Psyche. Ode, ode to a nightingale. 144. Ode to a guy with five hands. <laughs> man, that guy. Man, that guy had a lot of hands. <laughs> That's the end of the poem. Man, that guy had a lot of hands. <laughs> ode to a guy with five hands. I'm they call him just Pansy. <laughs> but that's because he was perverted. And seriously, nobody wanted to hang out with him. Have you seen the Nike commercial, the ball handles commercial? Mm -hmm. with, the, with the Asian guy? No. So it's, the, it's like, they call me ball handles. And he's like going off about how good he is at the game, and then the other player comes over, he's like, no! It's like, you're not any good, we call you ball handles because you're always hitting us in the nuts. And then the, <laughs> it shows, goes back and shows all these replays of him just like grabbing the crotches while they're playing the game, and they're falling over it. So and then he's like, I just do it. And then again, he goes away. It's, a nice it's pretty funny. Then <laughs> he laughs. He called me ball handles. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, want to do another ode? Sure. Still unravished bride of quietness, thou foster child of silence and slow time, mm -hmm. sylvan historian who canst thus express a flowery tale more sweetly than our rhyme, what leaf-fringed legend haunts about thy shape of deities or mortals or of both? In Tempe or the Dales of Arcady, what men or gods are these? What maidens loth? What mad pursuit? What struggle to escape? What pipes and timbrels? What wild ecstasy? Heard melodies are sweet, but those unheard are sweeter. Okay. Therefore, ye soft pipes play on, not the sensual ear, but more endeared. Pipe to the spirit ditties of no tone, fair youth beneath the trees. Thou canst not leave thy song, nor ever can those trees be bare. Bold lover, never, never canst thou kiss. Though winning near the goal, yet do we not grieve. She cannot fade. 
Thou, thou hast not thy bliss, forever wilt thou love, and she be fair. Ah, happy, happy boughs that cannot shed your leaves, nor ever bid the spring adieu, and happy melodist unwearied, forever piping songs forever new, more happy love, more happy, happy love, forever warm and still to be enjoyed, forever panting and forever young, all breathing human passion far above, that leaves a high heart sorrowed and cloyed, mm. a burning forehead and a parched, parching tongue. Who are these coming to the sacrifice? To what green altar, O mysterious priest? Let'st thou that heifer lowing at the skies, and all her silken flanks with garland dressed, what little town by river or seashore, or mountain built with peaceful citadel, is emptied of its folk, this pious morn, and little town thy streets forevermore, will silent be, and not a soul to tell, why thou art desolate, can't e'er return. Mm. O, o attic shape, fair attitude, with breed of marble men and maidens overright, with forest branches and the trodden weed, thou silent form dost tease us out of thought, as doth eternity, cold pastoral, when old age shall this generation waste, mm. thou shalt remain in midst of other woe, than ours a friend to man to whom thy sayest, beauty is truth and truth beauty, that is all you know on earth and all you need to know. That ends so really, really the whole thing's through awesome. Mm -hmm. The ending is just ridiculously good. Like, um, there's a line up here that I just, when I read it, I, I had to stop for a second. I was like, oh, that, that's so good. Let me see where we go. Mm -hmm. There we go. Oh, yeah, heard melodies are sweet, but those unheard are sweeter. Mm -hmm. Like, boom. <laughs> like, <laughs> one thing i really like about what i find interesting about this piece like it's my uh my english teacher and like i think he was i had him for uh lit in english one or two uh we were covering keats and he said he went to the museum where this was like the museum that keats obviously went to and there he was trying to find the grecian urn that um keith was talking about and he thinks he found it but it wasn't nearly as awesome as keith's painted it to be <laughs> i mean he to be fair he was probably on like absinthe <laughs> yeah. like, he was like, this is kind of an urn and you can barely tell what they're doing on it like the whole poem is predicated on this idea of like what they were doing uh what he uses the color he uses the color green in here a few times i think he was on Hmm. They call it chasing the chasing the green fairy. So, I mean... <laughs> I Actually, know. I'm not even sure when was Ab when did absence become a thing? Because he died 1821. I'm not sure when that was like popular. But... Hmm. <laughs> I, 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 should, I, should I should accuse him of being a drug user. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's a romantic poet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm assuming yeah, he probably at least drank a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever hear that story, that famous story about the romantics, uh, how Shelley uh, came up with Frankenstein? Oh, uh, I know a bit about it. When they were at like the, they were at someone's getaway, and then they played, a, they had like a contest where everyone had to write something yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, I do a bit about it. That's actually the, that same night is what gives us the uh, gives us Frankenstein. It gave us uh, the like um, I think it was uh, the one with the limp. One of the limp that nobody likes, but is fucking awesome. Um, 
Not Terrence. The one, with, the one with the limp. I actually don't know who you're talking about. Ah, romantic Poets. <laughs> Byron. <laughs> Fucking Byron. Byron wrote the first, uh... Oh, Lord Fuck, yeah. Lord Byron wrote, um... The, uh... The first, uh... Story with a vampire that was like sexy. Oh, and started I don't know. that whole fucking trend. <laughs> I just love how there's like still all like the misogynists out there who try to claim there's no way she could have wrote that because she was an 18 year old girl or nine, whatever old she was, 16. Um, Did you see but, like, who she hung so... out with? Yeah, no. <laughs> you just hung out with like a pile of awesome people who just make you better. Oh, we, like that's when you go to poets hall. Like uh-huh. you just automatically perform better because you, you're up there and you're like, oh, I just saw. Uh... Veronica Hopkins and Sean Doherty go up there. Exactly. Like I can't go up there. I can't go up there and flop. I'll look like a, a dumbass. You know, that's probably what she was like. I have to nail this, or I'm gonna look stupid. And then she just like <laughs> she wrote like she wrote like the best gothic novel ever. Mm-hmm. Modern day Prometheus, man. Yeah, that's actually the subtitle of that book. Oh, because nice. I know a lot of weird things. You know, a book I never could finish, even though it's... Uh, I love Frankenstein. I read that, like, four times. I couldn't actually finish Dracula. Mm. But, like, the, how it's lit, it's lit in, it's written in, like, this letters. Like, people write back and forth. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it just discontinued. Like, this discontinuous to my brain. So, like, I just, like, read two pages and I want to do something else. I'm like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. It's still... It's good. I just... <laughs> Not my thing, I guess. All right. You want to pick another one, or you think we're about done? I think we've been doing this for like 20 minutes. I don't know how much we're going to be Okay, I think we're going to be done then. Yeah. All right, we've been Destination Detour, J.M. Romig. Sean King. And uh, this has been John Keats. We've talked a lot about him. A lot about other things. That's what we do here. And I hope we both didn't seem like idiots. Here's two old friends, sometimes lovers, lost causes, and the occasional jovial drunkenness. Indeed. And to romantic poets who are just better than all of us. <laughs> Alright, that's where I'm gonna cut it. Alright, cool. I think that worked I think that worked like pretty well. Sock money monkey headphones. I do. <laughs> they're the, they're winning. I think I'm going to just keep wearing them.